this season, ENT go deeper, challenge harder, ask more questions. Here we are. I'm E. What's up, y'all? I am T. What is going on, Dude, guys? Welcome to it's been a minute. season two. Yep. Season two of the ENT podcast. It's been a minute, man. I know it's been. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, uh, E and I, we've we've taken a little time off, a little over a month, and uh, we kind of want to, I don't know, have some me time to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to travel a little bit, but E, first off, uh, what did you do on your little time of... Uh, yeah. The little in be- the little in between season. I feel like we're like, I yeah. feel like we're like actors when you know like um, I don't know what um, the the Stranger Things or like uh, any of those other kind of shows. They they film a season. They're like busting ass for like a few months, and then um, they get time off and they kind of just disappear and go do things. I feel like that's what we did. Sorry, I'm also burping. I'm drinking a cider right now. This Atlanta Hard Cider Company Honey Bee Craft Cider thing that uh, Matt and I, who's been on the podcast, uh, got at Target. So I, I season one, I talked about not drinking carbonated beverages on this show because of burp. Um, and here I am, season two, falling right back into <laughs> old habits. But you want to know what? It's going to be back. I tell you what, work has been busy. Um, lots of events going on. Safe in-person events, obviously. Um and it's been nice to have a little bit of a break. If you if you follow our Instagram, you probably saw um, some videos that e, or that T and I did. Um, and it, it's it's challenging every week to put out a podcast. If you know if T and I lived together in the same city, it wouldn't be too difficult. We could crank out a bunch of them in a day or whatnot. But um, having to do these, uh, you know, we're based in Atlanta, um, but T is up in upstate New York, so. It, um, it can be a bit challenging, but I'll tell you what, I, I just really just did a lot of work. I had family come and visit. That was awesome. Played golf for the first time in a while. Uh, much needed break as we approach the holiday season, dude. Uh, Saturday is Halloween, and to me, that's the start of the holiday season right there. That's that's the start of it. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. Even though Halloween is going to be a little bit different, even though it's falling on the best day of the week on a Saturday where... You can pretty much stay up as long as you want. You can go out and have drinks. You can go have fun. Kids can go out trick-or-treating. Like this Saturday, I'm supposed to be... uh, I'm supposed to be going over to my girlfriend's house and uh, a bunch of, like, the neighborhood kids are going to be coming to, like, her mom's house and trick-or-treating down there because, like, they can't really go much around the city. So... (laughs) <laughs> so my costume is going to be I haven't done this in a while And you know I love to do it <laughs> So a little back Well, first off For my Halloween costume I'm just going to suit up I'm just going to wear a suit And just look boss as ever And uh, the reason why I'm doing it I haven't done it in a long time uh, Last time I did it was when I was playing club hockey at Brockport And that was like almost four years ago now So it's pretty crazy, but a little backstory, a little story. Uh, the one time when I was still in school, was it? Was I still in school? Yeah, I was still in school. My last year, my senior year at Brockport, he came to visit me from Utica. He was living in Utica at the time, and he came to see me. He took the Amtrak, and I picked him up at the Amtrak oh, station Amtrak. in Rochester, and 
<laughs> and I told him when he was on the train, I was like, I was like, hey man, like I'm gonna be showing up in my car and stuff, but like I got something special for you. And he's like, he's like, what do you got for me? And then like I pulled up, I I got out of the car and I was wearing a suit and I was acting like a Secret Service or a or a driver kind of deal. <laughs> I was picking yeah, picking E up from the from the train. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then I had a couple four locos in the car. I made you chuck a four loco, and we kind of went from there. But. <laughs> Yeah. But oh, yeah, that's mm, yeah. so that's what I'm going to be doing. Ho hopefully, uh, I did try on a dress shirt the other day. It did fit me. It was actually pretty big on me. I was really surprised. So hopefully my suit, my old suit from like four years ago still fits me. I, I would pretty much sure it yeah. still does since I'm pretty much the same size. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to be for Halloween. Do you got any plans for Halloween? Yeah, I work, man. Uh, we do events um, for students, and so I'll be at work. Um, all night, but that is fine. I would rather be at work. I'm not a Halloween person, man. You know me. I am a hoe for Christmas, um, and I feel like Christmas is kind of the opposite of Halloween. Not that you can't celebrate both. Hey, I don't. I don't hate on anybody for celebrating both hard. But I feel like people who really like Halloween are not necessarily the most intense Christmas people. People who are the most intense Christmas people are not necessarily the most intense Halloween people. And everybody, I feel, is very neutral with Thanksgiving. It's great to spend time with family. You get good food. You watch some good football. Um, but that's kind of how I feel that is. So I'm working, uh, and that's fine by me. Um, but I know kind of getting into some topics today, I think season two, we're going to try and be a little bit more brief with some of the topics. Sometimes we go on rants and that's actually a lie. We're probably going to go on a lot of rants this season two, but, um, I had family come to visit me, but I know T did some traveling and I know T wanted to give us a brief update on all the things that haven't changed in terms of traveling during COVID-19. Yeah, so I got the chance during this uh, little break that we took. Uh, in the middle of October, I got a chance to go back to Arizona. So I got to fly out of Syracuse and go to... Uh, actually, <laughs> I went down to Atlanta, pulled a little joke on yeah, uh, good old E. And the <laughs> then I went to Arizona. I haven't been to Arizona, like, ever outside the month of june july and june july and august ever in my life well i guess besides the one time i went there in may whenever easter is right may right uh, usually march or april depends on the year but usually oh. march or april but either way that was the one and only other time i went to arizona out of those other three months and trust me it was it was very different out there arizona is a lot different during uh obviously when the weather changes and like the season changes everything changes but it was still a little hot out there i, I don't i don't know how people like to live out in that kind of uh heat every day and i don't know i f i feel like it's pretty crazy and uh other than that it was nice every day uh blue skies every single day uh the one scary thing I guess there was a house fire in, like, a town, like, I don't know, like, 90 miles away from us, like, 90 miles north, going towards Phoenix, and it created a, basically, a field forest fire, or whatever you want to call it. Like, you can see, it almost looked like, from the mountains, where it was coming from, it almost looked like a nuclear bomb went off. It looked mm -hmm. pretty scary, and, like, there was a mushroom and everything, yeah. and it created a cloud. That was the only cloud that was in the sky, yeah. which was crazy in my mind, And uh, but obviously it didn't get to us. And other than that, like I said, we did a little bit of traveling, uh, went around to 
basically the usual places. Got to do some cool things. It was nice out. Still, this is the third year in a row I have not seen a Diamondbacks game. I'm a little yeah sad. I think the last time I saw a Diamondbacks game is when actually E and I went and saw the Diamondbacks play against the Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Two Jays. Two days in a row, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2016. Two days in a row. Yeah, I mean, the Diamondbacks are kind of trash yeah. anyway, which is sad because I'm, I'm a fan of the organization, but, you know, they're they're in rebuilding mode. Um, but Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I, other than that, other than that, it's kind of the same in terms of wearing masks on planes and airports and all that nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. That's how yeah, it should pre- Yeah, pretty much... Uh, you have to wear a mask at all times. Yep. Same procedures. Yep. You have to. Yeah. You still get the little goodie bags when you're on the plane. Really, not yep. much has changed besides, I don't know. You can take your mask off for a longer period of time when you're just like I don't know. I had my mask off for a little while when I was in the airport, sure. but I was I was away from a lot of people. Yeah. But I, when I was uh, just like watching like a video on my laptop or whatever Mm -hmm. just so i can breathe a little bit just because everyone can agree a mask is kind of a pain in the butt when you have it on your face for a long period of time but but i did have it on for the majority of the time and it's pretty much the same thing as it was a few months ago when i went there in june so nothing has changed and uh yeah yeah so if you plan on traveling yeah i mean from here to the end of the year or in the future yeah these these holidays are really going to mess COVID up unfortunately but people got to spend time with their families so i get it it's hopefully it doesn't inflate or go go down the shitter too bad um the election might pose a risk for that too but you know um yeah my pops just bought a ticket uh plane ticket to fly to knoxville tennessee um, I'm gonna drive up with my dog um, around Christmas time to Knoxville, uh, stay in a hotel that night, meet up with my dad, and then my, me and my dad are gonna powerhouse 12 hours um, the Saturday before Christmas, heading up to New York. I'm hoping to be able to see T. Also, kind of want to see our good friend Peter up in New York. I'm about to put a ton of miles on my car, um, but it's fine because I just bought it. Uh, and then maybe there's a world um, where maybe we do a New Year's podcast from Atlanta with T in Atlanta, thinking about coming down here for New Year's. Maybe his girlfriend will come too. Um, it's a thought. It's a thought right now, and if that does happen, I'm thinking maybe we do a, a killer New Year's Day or, or, or like a custom or like a special edition ENT podcast on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or something like that. Literally just thought of that four seconds ago. Uh, T had no idea I was going to say that, but it is a possibility he comes down to Atlanta, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, and like that does sound like a good idea and like that could be addition where we can just have like everyone just like ha- share like a story or i don't know just th- share their thoughts that can be like yeah. a good like interview kind of uh episode yeah. for us but yeah so e yep transit transitioning to a little conspiracy oh, theory yeah, conspiracy theory. this is our li- so every once in a while now in this new season, we're gonna try to come up with a little conspiracy theory. I already got like a few of them in the back of my mind, and I know one that E and I definitely have uh, witnessed or what we've actually like encountered. We're not gonna get into it. Sure. We'll just say it has to do with the Beatles. Oh, and yeah. uh, but my first conspiracy theory is. When I was in Arizona, my mom and dad's landscaper that did all the planting of the plants and the trees and the rocks in their yard and everything, 
he was explaining to us, or we asked him, like, why, why is there no clouds? Usually, and there was no monsoon season. Monsoon season usually happens in the month of August in Arizona. This year, they only got two, maybe even three inches of rain, which is very uncommon. And like I said, there were no clouds in the sky when I was there, which was still kind of weird for me. Usually there would be at least the scattered clouds or like maybe one cloud off in the distance, maybe, but there were no clouds in the sky. And we asked him the question, like, why is there no clouds? And he came up with this theory of the wind turbines in the Midwest, in like northern Texas, Oklahoma, and like, I guess, southern Nevada or whatever, when... The tr when the clouds are traveling from east to west, they collide with the wind turbines and the wind turbines break them up. So by the time those winds and the possible clouds are supposed to get to the destination in Arizona, they are no longer there because they have been broken up by the wind turbines. So that is creating a different climate, not climate change, but climate change of no clouds because... Everywhere there has to be a cloud, which is weird in my mind. So I don't know what. What's your thought on that? Yeah. I, I feel like that. I feel like that is a true statement. That's that's my opinion. If anyone has their own opinion, please feel free to email us, DM yeah. us at the ET Podcast ATL, and just like let us know. Let us know your thoughts and, and you, on this you, theory. You want to know what too? Like I feel. I feel it's so strange because some colleagues in, of mine and I at work today during lunch were talking about a lot of, not really, we we're talking about the election and the go government and that got into kind of some like conspiracy theories about, you know, what's the government really, what's going on really behind closed doors and stuff. And I, I don't even know if the wind turbine thing is necessarily a conspiracy theory. I mean, I guess it is if it hasn't been proven or it hasn't come out in science. But I mean, it makes sense to me. It sounds like something that could be scientifically true. Um, I'm not a scientist. I don't no earth <laughs> like that but it sounds like something that could be true um and i think we, we do so much so many bad things to this planet all the time that anything that goes wrong in nature and earth is probably something we screwed up with um and so i'm not surprised at all see here here's what I, here's what i think happens i think companies come up with ways to solve problems right wind turbines let's generate um electricity let's 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 stop digging into the earth to generate power right let's um let's save earth's resources and try and find alternative sources of electricity and fuel and whatnot and i'm all for that the problem is they're like oh wind turbines they're going to be great maybe not that practical but they're going to generate some power um and we'll see what happens but but you don't really know the consequences of actions you make until you kind of make that decision and now we might be living in a world where yeah sure wind turbines might provide us with some alternative fuel power sources and whatnot but we don't really know what the effects of it are until now where we're like oh man we didn't think this would happen but here we are you know what i mean that, that was kind of a ranty thing but you know what i mean like we just try to solve yeah. problems and then we think we solve a problem but then we just end up creating more problems we're always kind of chasing problems yeah, and like, why I brought that up because you, everyone has been seeing. If you watch, if you watch the news, you've been seeing 
the droughts in Arizona. You've been seeing the droughts in Nevada, obviously in California with all the with all the fires. I feel like these wildfires that are happening in the Midwest and in California and uh, actually the Northwest up in Oregon and like all those, those could be diminished. I, I feel like they could be diminished because uh, from like obviously rain. Rain could happen, but how can rain happen when clouds get broken up possibly by these wind turbines? That's why I feel like I'm not saying the droughts are being caused by the lack of rain that's falling, but they're not being decimated by the the amount of rain that is not falling this year, which is very weird. Yeah. I mean, that area of the when, country doesn't really have a lot of of rain well, I mean, typically, I, but there is like monsoon season and that's when typically like they just get a ton of rain, right? Yeah. Yeah, where in about 10 minutes, you can get up to four or five inches of rain. Yeah. Borderline flash flood warnings. Yeah, no, that's a flash flood warning right there. And that's why, to connect to something we're going to talk about in a little bit, I think living in that area of the country is a little bit overrated. And I'm going to get into why I think L.A. specifically is overrated and tied in to these MLB playoffs. That's a topic for maybe 10 minutes or so from now. Um, but I think there's obviously issues anywhere you live in the world, right? You live in the Midwest, Oklahoma, tornadoes are a big thing. You live anywhere on the East Coast, the Southeast, you get hurricanes, tropical storms. Even up North, you get the remnants of tropical storms. You get blizzards up North, especially in upstate New York. You get lake effect. Um, out Southwest, you get a lot of droughts. The weather might be 70 every day, but, um, you know, fires are a constant challenge. Seattle rains all the time. So... You kind of have to pick and choose, you know, based on how much you can handle the shitty weather patterns rather than the good ones, you know? Yeah, that's why my mom has decided that she is over living in New York and she cannot wait to mm -hmm. move to Arizona. Can't blame you. Which I, which I still don't understand why, just because I'm just going there every year when it's like... 10 out of the 12 months of the year is above 90 degrees and it's hot during the day. Yeah, it does get cold. It was getting around 40 degrees almost every night when I was there uh, a couple weeks ago. But like during the day, like you're still wearing shorts. I, For me, I love a good four seasons kind of location. Like I love living in New York just because it gives you that four seasons feel like today I actually had to wear a sweatshirt and borderline almost had to wear pants just because it was a little chilly out. So it felt nice of like actually having to force myself to be warm rather than every day you know what you're going to be wearing. Like you basically have like you can almost have like four sets of clothes and you'll be fine, <laughs> which yeah. is which is kind of funny in my mind. Like yeah. you can wear four sets of clothes and you'll be fine like in in new york or like anywhere above north like you have to have sweatshirts jackets yeah. long shirts t-shirts you have to have all of that just just for one season or two seasons yeah. uh fall and winter yeah. so yeah i mean personally i think atlanta weather is great obviously i'm biased because i live here but i was talking to some family the other day and i said really july and august are brutal no doubt it's hot and it's humid 
June can also be kind of bad, not consistently, but there's times when June is bad. And around Labor Day into early-ish, the first 10 days of September can also be pretty bad. After that, man, the weather, you just can't complain. Any of the rest of the, I mean, it gets cold in January, February. It'll, it'll get into the 20s at night and up into the 40s, 50s during the day. And you'll get some you'll you'll get some ice and stuff, but when you have ice, the whole city shuts down. So it's not like you have to go to work. So I'm 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 sitting over here like begging for some snow and ice because I know I'm not going into work. Up in New York, they're prepared for that. If they stopped working in New York when ice and snow came, I mean they'd never work in February, March, and January. So, you know, personally I think Atlanta has it pretty solid. As long as you can handle July and August mainly with, with the heat. Um, I think Atlanta is a pretty solid place to live. And I don't think a lot of people think to live in Atlanta. It's not one of those like glorified cities like New York or LA or San Francisco or maybe Seattle, Miami, all these like glorified cities. But, you know, Atlanta, nobody calls it that. People in Atlanta would kill me, but still. <laughs> so, along with kind of the ending of summer, and usually around this time is the first week or second week of professional hockey starting up whether it's the nhl ahl uh usually it would be starting up right now it would probably be in the game four or five and so far we have seen no signs of when any kind of professional hockey here in north america starting up which is crazy and i people keep asking me just because i have the privilege of working in professional hockey I, I still don't know I have not heard a word on when possibly the season is going to be starting and all that and I just don't know and I'm okay with it still but like yeah it is around that time where it is hockey season so I don't know I'm kind of waiting for it to all happen yeah I mean I know I know the NBA talked about starting right around or just before Christmas because, you know, the NBA on Christmas Day is kind of a thing. So I think it might be cool to have opening night for the NBA on Christmas Day. I think that'd be kind of cool. But um, it's tough. The season just ended. I'm a firm believer that players and, and organizations, even fan bases, just need time off. It's it's. It, it's hard to build excitement when you have just two months off. You know, like the season just kind of wrapped up. And I'm a firm believer that to get the best out of your players, which is what I want the players on my favorite teams to to, to accomplish every year, you got to have that time off to push reset. That, I mean, the offseason is when players get better, right? They look at the season they just yeah. had, and they said, you know, Crosby's at home right now saying, okay, I'm 33, right? Somewhere in there. Yeah. I'm 33. Um, I'm past my prime. But what are different drills and skills that I can maintain in order to continue to play? I mean, he's still the best player on the Penguins anyway. There's no doubt about that. Um, and still a better one of the better players in the league for sure. So he's sitting there like, okay, what am I going to do to get better? Last year, you know, looking at some of these stats, my, uh, my speed on breakaways was a little slower than I'd want it to be. So I'm going to start doing drills that, that improve my speed. Um, you know, I, I turned the puck over a little bit too much, a little bit too frequently last year. So I'm going to work on drills that help me, you know, keep possession of the puck through contact. I don't know hockey. That sounds like something that could happen in hockey, but you know what I mean? Like that, players need an off season cause that's how they get better. If they have, it takes them a month at least as professionals to probably like sit in ice baths, heal any lingering injuries that aren't too serious. 
um, before they even start training. So you get two months off. It's like, okay, I had a month to do some stuff, but here we are going again. And that's, that's when you start the season with a bunch of players that are injured and all these fake teams like the Buffalo Sabres will start really hot. They'll, you know, be, you know, <laughs> six, seven points in ahead of first place or something. And everyone's like, Oh, is this Buffalo's year? And then it's just a matter of time before they fall off a cliff, you know? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're completely right. Like these guys, they're they're in tune of I don't know, a regular off season where they spend two or three months recuperating, uh getting back into their training regiment regiments and getting back in their yep. off season training routines. And one, they didn't really get that because they just basically took like a little over a month off. Then if they were fortunate enough of making the playoffs, they just came back and went in the full swing of everything. Yeah. And now it's kind of a yeah. mi- a mixed match balance between the guys that where their season ended back in March. They've yep. been off for six months compared yeah. to teams that just finished a month ago, yep. which is crazy if you yep. really look at it. Yep. And then on top of that, like it's it's going to be weird. I have seen like different uh, rough drafts, I guess, or different sketches of how the season is going to be played out. I really hope they just, I don't know, I kind of hope they kind of do it as like a lockout season. Like yeah. I think they did it in 2014, the last lockout, yeah. where they started the season in like late December or early January, pretty much where they're thinking on starting the regular season yep. and they just play from there and they just play yeah. a normal season have the regular playoffs and then that's that yeah. so they don't have to be in the same situation as they are right now where where in retrospect the season just ended a month ago yeah the, these guys should be in off season mode yeah like those are two different things it, one's a high and one's a low and they kind of just i don't know it's like putting a it's like putting a negative to a positive on a car battery. It's gonna explode the battery and it's gonna yeah. mess it up. Like it messes yeah. up a guy's whole like rhythm and routine of I don't know, his his calendar clock of being ready as a professional hockey player, which is weird for them. Yeah. I don't obviously I don't have to go through that. I just I'm I'm just a normal human being working a normal human being job and not doing that stuff but like for them mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit more complicated because yep. and especially for guys that are on like one or two year contracts where if they don't have a season or a full season especially for this year where if they get a half a season maybe or if they don't know when they're going to be playing like yeah, granted. Taylor Hall just signed a, just signed a one year contract with the Buffalo Sabers for eight million dollars. I don't think he's going to be caring a whole lot if they're going to be playing or not. He's still getting paid, and like, I'm not I'm not saying Taylor Hall is a bad guy, but like, he's a whole lot of I I feel like he's a whole lot of wasted talent. I was telling like all my Buffalo uh, friends that thought that this was like a good signing i'm like yeah he signed for one year he just he's just getting his money he he doesn't care obviously he doesn't care about winning he cares about money if he want if he cares about winning he would took way less money than that and went to a way better team 
other than the Buffalo Sabres. But, dude, if I if I was him, I would take $2 million because he, he has already made a lot of money. Sure. Already made a lot of money. And he could take $2 million and go back to the Edmonton Oilers where he got drafted and play with the actual best first overall draft pick yeah. in Connor McDavid and playing with Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, but I think, he, but I, I don't hate I don't hate one year contracts in sports. You only get them for one year. Talk to the Atlanta Braves about Mar, about Marcelo Zuna, who had a great year, and now you know they would be prone to come back to have a great season next year. But they don't have Marcelo Zuna unless they re-sign him. But I don't mind one year deals. The Titans signed Jadavion Clowney to a one year deal, um, who has been underwhelming at this point. But it's low risk scenario for 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 the team. They have cap space. If they have some money, go fill it. Taylor Hall, I feel like, is a player that obviously is really talented. He needs to go to a team that's the right fit. He's not a Crosby or a McDavid or, you know, maybe a dry side or something like that where they can go to any team and play well. I feel like Taylor Hall needs to go to a team where the system just fits him well. People were talking about that with Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady's not that great. The Patriots system is what made him great. I mean, he's playing well in Tampa Bay right now, but no doubt players play better in certain systems than they do in other systems. And so I think if Taylor Hall can go to Buffalo, play for a year, maybe Buffalo is that system, that style of play that fits his game better, and he can have a good year, a great year. for Because he played decent in New Jersey a few years ago, didn't he? Wasn't He He had a he had a solid yeah. couple years in New Jersey. Yeah, he won the Hart Trophy his last year, and yeah. well, his last full season in New Jersey where... He won as the best player in the NHL, and that's. But we got put this way. That team was good. That he played on. That team was good. That was the first time the Devils made the playoffs since their Cup run back in 2012. So like, he he did pretty well, and especially for that team. But then he went to. I guess when he went to Arizona, he didn't. He did give a little life to the Arizona Coyotes, but not much. Like, everyone was raving, oh, the Devils trade away Taylor Hall to Arizona. Arizona's going to be good. I was like, all right, and they got Taylor Hall. Like, all right. Like, I wasn't like, oh, man, they're going to be sick. They're going to roll through everybody because they got Taylor Hall. Now, you put Taylor Hall, and you change that name to Connor McDavid. That's when you'll be like, whoa. Okay, I think they actually have a good chance of possibly going to the Cup Finals and maybe even winning the Stanley Cup. Those are two different scenarios right there, obviously. But like, it just in my opinion, I don't really think Taylor Hall is all that great. I, I don't want to call him a bust, but I don't want to say he's a superstar of the NHL. Yeah. So that's I mean, my opinion I, on that. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, there's and there's and that brings up a whole other point too, regardless of Taylor Hall. I think teams need that offseason to evaluate talent and to make deals, right? That's why I'm fortunate to be a baseball fan because baseball season started really late, sure, but we're going to have a normal off season. Um, the, the, yeah. the World Series is going to be done right around the same time the World Series is always done. The winter meetings are going to happen right before Christmas like they always do. Um, spring training is going to start up pretty much when it always does. And so even the team that wins the World Series this year is going to have a regular off season, which is why I think 
and this isn't coming from a money perspective because this would not be the right decision for the NBA or the NHL from a money perspective. This would not be also be a, a great decision for minor league players, uh, you know, G League players or, or AHL players. But I think they should just start the season Feb 1, right around there. You get four good months of hockey, including playoffs, obviously. It gives players enough time to have an off season, and but it also gives the season enough length to where it means something and players can have a chance to get hot and, and get warmed up. We all know, I can remember the last time the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, I think. They started out kind of slow that year. They weren't even in the playoff picture for yeah. maybe the first month of the season. And then they got a little bit healthier. They got warmed it. They got warmed up. They got into it, and they went on a tear, ended up winning the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I think if you start too early... Guys can get injured early on in the season. Some of those injuries are going to be severe. Some of those injuries are going to be um, season-ending injuries because they just might not physically be prepared to play. Um, you give them four months of a season, and then you end it in June when you normally do, and then finally you can kind of get back to a regular rotation where it's yeah. where it's a regular off season. because... You know, I mean, if like the NBA starting around Christmas, they've already said, and then it was on ESPN today, Danny Green for the, the Lakers, who just won the, the you know NBA Finals two, three weeks ago, he said, I highly doubt LeBron James is playing if the season starts around Christmas. He's just, I mean, he might, he might, you know, play 12 minutes. I don't know, he might be on a minutes restriction, but he's not going to play because they don't need him in December. They need him in May and, well, April maybe for, you know, to get into the playoffs. And so... And to me, I would rather just have a, a regular length offseason and be able to have all the players ready to go, have a regular training camp and have a shorter season like what baseball did. They delayed the season all the way until almost August. And sure, the month the season was shorter. I still think it's kind of a fake season, but at least they had one. Um, it's going to be over here in a minute, and they're going to go back to a regular offseason. Hopefully, they can continue that schedule, but you know. That's kind of that, you know, when you get talking into minor league players, AHL hockey, you know, minor league baseball, G League, those players are the ones that really got the shit end of the stick. You know, Taylor Hall making $8 million, even if they play half a season and they prorate his salary to $4 million, still made $4 bucks. You know, I don't, I don't feel yeah. bad for him necessarily. But, you know, these AHL players who were making, I don't know, 100000 yeah, 80000 Yeah, just around there. And that's a good salary, but they're not going to be paid if there's no season, obviously. And, and you know, the NHL is going to prioritize an NHL season than an AHL season, no doubt. I mean, they made mm. that they made that clear when they just didn't have an AHL season this year at all. So, well, they didn't yeah. bring the AHL back is what I mean. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, th that's that. Um, you know, so I, I think, yeah, go ahead. So, speaking of the off season. Uh, the Washington Capitals made some pretty, like, even though I don't really like this offseason, how long of uh, extended period of time a lot of teams are getting and then, like, how short some other teams are getting. Like, I, I, I do feel like it's a little unfair, a little bit. Like, if it was a regular season, I think the teams that did not make the playoffs, they would get, like, an extra two months off, I'm pretty sure. April, May, or May and June. Yeah, about two months. Two and a half months. A little over two months of extra time for teams that don't make the playoffs going into the offseason. Like I said, the teams that did not make the playoffs, they've been out 
and they have not been playing since March, which is crazy. I don't know what guys would be doing, especially guys that are on teams that are in that situation. But the Washington Capitals made some pretty weird, some pretty interesting, and some, uh, I don't know, we, we got to say goodbye to uh, important people, add some kings, and yeah, see what happens be. in the future. So the first thing is Braden Holpe. Thank you, Braden Holpe. You won a Calder Cup with the Hershey Bears, the AHL affiliate of the Washington Capitals. Uh, you won a Stanley Cup for us in 2018. Made an uh, oraculate uh, save on Alex Tuck. Probably a game changer, a season changer, a Stanley Cup possibly winning save for the Washington Capitals to help them obtain their first Stanley Cup. But he became a free agent, and he ultimately signed with the Vancouver Canucks. And I'm not mad about it. I I feel like his time was coming to an end after his not pitiful performance the next year in 2019. But, like, he started making a slow decline... I feel like he just has way too much in his head when it comes to doing his job. Like, if you look at how he, I don't know, does his routines, doing his visual stuff, like, I feel like it's way too much as being in focus, especially as a goaltender in the NHL and also playing in hockey. There, I feel like there should be a line as a goaltender when you're training or you're training a goaltender, like, what a goaltender should do. Like, there's goaltenders now that literally look like they have a uh, rapid eye movement for, uh, for like, their warm-ups, which is weird, I feel like. They're, like, they're just going back and forth, back and forth with their eyes. I feel like that's too much. Yeah, they're getting, they're figuring out their peripherals, and they're figuring out their depth perception and all that other stuff. But, like, why I would tell someone is go out there and play but thank you Braden Holpe it was a pleasure you doing your splits you spraying the water up in the air and watching every drop hit the ice gonna miss you uh hair flipping your uh hair back while putting your head back into your helmet but sweet is sweet and thank you very much I don't know I couldn't couldn't come up with anything else but but then but then but then, for all you New York Ranger fans, thank you. You guys did what you could. He did what he could for your organization, but we got him. For a measly, I think only $2 million, I think. I honestly didn't look up yeah. the actual contract for him. But one-year deal for the king, Hendrick Lundqvist. We got Hendrick Lundqvist as, as a backup goaltender not even the starter because he's going to be mentoring teaching and uh back up to Ilya Samsonov who is going to be the next front runner for the Washington Capitals in the distant future hopefully but the Washington Capitals signed Hendrick Lundqvist probably a month ago it was a uh, kind of a I was not expecting this until I saw some tweets from Elliot Friedman and, like, some of the other insiders. But, like, 
I felt like it was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, they're about to get Hendrick Lundqvist. I started texting all my Ranger fan uh, friends. I'm like, this happens. He's he's finally gonna win. Like he finally is gonna have a chance to play on a good team where they can actually score more than on average two goals a game during a playoffs. I looked up that stat when they went to the Stanley Cup final back in 2014. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 2014. When he was playing with the Rangers, the Rangers during that cup final were averaging two goals a game. Two goals a game, which is unreal. Like you can't you can't win a hockey game. Yeah, it's not gonna get it done. You can't win hockey games by scoring two goals unless he was playing out of his mind, which he can't do it every single game. So you need your front runners to do to pick up the slack as well. But so Washington Capitals got Hendrick Lundqvist. They picked up Braden, uh, Brendan Dillon, a defenseman from the San Jose Sharks, uh, in a trade, I think, for a draft pick, a fourth-round draft pick, I'm pretty sure, which I thought was a steal. They re-signed him to, a, I think, a four-year contract, which I agree is the most median contract that should be given. Not it's not an eight-year contract where he's gonna play out to the end of his career. It's not a short-year contract like a one or two-year deal. It's a good, happy medium contract where he can prove himself. I feel like he's a good defenseman. Not a lot of other people feel like he's a good defenseman. He's a big body. He'll fight people. He. I'm not saying he's skilled, but like at least get in front of the puck. Like he does all those kinds of things, and that's what I kind of like look for in the defensemen's, and especially for the Washington Capitals because they already got skilled forwards. They don't need skilled defensemen. They need the guys to stop the puck from going inside the net. They need those grunt guys to be doing that kind of hard duty labor. Like they, they don't like they'll take on. The forward's job of just being tough. The forward's job, like Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, Genny Kuznetsov, I guess not Tom Wilson, but like those guys, they their job is just to score goals and do all the fancy things. So then, on top of another defensive signing, they got Travis, or no, Trevor, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. The little brother of James Van Riemsdyk, who also plays on the Philadelphia Flyers. It's crazy. This kid won a Stanley Cup his rookie year when he was playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's our age. He's 26 years old. His first ever professional, or I guess, NHL hockey game was, I think, like, game four of the of the Western Conference Finals. And then he goes on, wins a Stanley Cup, and like his name is on the Stanley Cup. So he knows the winning mentality. He's a good defenseman. They signed him for $800,000, good contract. And I'm pretty okay with that. I, I like that signing. I feel like he's a good defenseman, and he can bring that kind of grit to the back end for the Washington Capitals. And I'm perfectly okay with that. And then the last last thing for the Washington Capitals, uh, this this year or this coming season, whenever it happens, this is the last contract year for the captain, Alex Ovechkin. 
Me personally, I am not worried that he will go anywhere else. He promised at the beginning of this past season that he's going to be a capital for life. So, like, I feel like he's going to resign, but I really hope he doesn't pull a Tom Brady and be like, I'm coming back. But then all of a sudden he just two faces you and says, see ya. And, uh, yeah. That's that's my little inside. That's my little discussion of the Washington Capitals. And so then we're going to transition a little bit into, uh, well, it's going to be starting in about 15 minutes, game five, but the Major League Baseball World Series. We yeah. have the Tampa Bay Rays, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays, if you're throwing it back, they are the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, just raised, no devil. I kind of wish they didn't get rid of the devil. That was cool, but they did. Um, and it's game six tonight. Uh, two games left. The Dodgers are up 3-2. I don't see a world the Dodgers don't win the World Series. Um, you know, I, I predicted the Dodgers were going to win in five games, so Tampa Bay made it further than I thought. Um, the first three games, I had it I had it down. I had Dodgers winning game one, Rays winning game two, uh, to make people feel like the Rays had a chance, and then the Dodgers winning every single game after that. Um, game four was a bit wild. It was a really terrible way for the Dodgers to lose, um, having multiple errors on the same play that led to what should have been game tying, not game winning. There's a lot to say about it. I mean, I haven't watched much of the World Series, to be honest. Even as a big baseball fan, I find it hard to be a little bit motivated. Um, it's very much a David versus Goliath scenario. The Rays, who I have a ton of respect for, being a really low-market, low-budget, low-player payroll team, finding ways to win baseball games, that's no doubt impressive, but they're certainly not sexy to watch by any means. So even for somebody that loves baseball as much as I do, they don't have a game that's necessarily the most fun to watch, but they do win, obviously. Um, so yeah. even the average fan or just somebody that watch, watches championship-level sports might be hard to watch the Rays. The Dodgers, I feel like people are getting tired of. They've been in the World Series three out of the last four years or something like that. Um, and, you know, it looks like this is going to be their year. But it's a shortened season. Uh, they went up against the Rays, who, you know, were the best team in the American League. But there are certain teams that are built for playoff baseball. Uh, the Rays aren't necessarily one of them. Granted, they did make it to the World Series fair and square. Give them credit for that. But there's just nothing that sexy about this World Series, um, to be honest. Um... You know, I think as my problem with the World Series, one, it's a shortened season. I've said it from the beginning. I think the shortened season has been, there have been remnants of a fake season. And you can even tell, and, you know, I remember watching the Dodgers and Braves series. And I remember, you know, I've seen a, a, a little bit of the World Series. Joe Buck and John Smoltz, who are calling it, uh, love both of them. Great. John Smoltz is, is, is a great analyst, uh, and Joe Buck, a lot of people hate on Joe Buck. He's the voice of my generation, really, him and Tim McCarver, who retired recently, but love Joe Buck. But when they have to talk about how they feel like the 60-game season isn't fake in the middle of a broadcast, that tells me that Fox wants them to talk about how they don't believe the season is fake to try and convince other people that the season isn't fake, which tells me that a lot of people think the season is fake. So just the fact that they have to talk about it kind of tells me that the season it just doesn't feel right. I'm not going to say fake. That's harsh. It doesn't feel right. I agree with the fact we had a baseball season. I agree with the fact that it was 60 games. 
Um, how it got started was a complete and utter nightmare. Still think Rob Manfred and Tony Clark from the you know the commissioner and the um, the players' association president should both be fired. Let's do a restart here because that was embarrassing for the sport. But we made it 60 games. We're in the World Series. I, I can't wait till it's over because I want the Red Sox to hire a new manager. I want to get the offseason started with some with some trades and deals. It's always fun to watch that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, the, the main problem I have, um, I think a lot of people that I talk about baseball a lot with um, think I have a major problem with the Dodgers. And I, I, don't, I, I, I don't necessarily hate the Dodgers. I just think I don't know why the Dodgers are so hyped. I, I don't. Here, the, the, the problems I have with the Dodgers really consist of two things. One, and this is going back to my point earlier about how I think L.A. is overrated. I know that L.A. is a major market city, just like New York, and players want to go play there. The Dodgers no doubt have a ton of money because they've been spending a ton of money to try and win a World Series for six, seven... It feels like the last decade, really, with Clayton Kershaw and that whole team. And um, they haven't been able to do it. They've missed the mark in the postseason, which has honestly been kind of funny. Um, but, you know, I digress on that point. Um, I think L.A. is just overrated. They have the largest homelessness population in the country. Young professionals are leaving the city like flocks of seagulls it's so expensive to live there the weather is really nice all year round sure but there's also wildfires which is not something to joke around about but i just don't i don't see the draw of of being in la which leads me to the point that everybody talks about how la is great i'm gonna talk about mookie Betts in a second as a red sox fan because i need to clear the air on that that whole ordeal and why i'm just pissed at mainstream media for skewing this like it's a red sox problem right but Everybody wants to go to the, uh, T. Do you know the last time the Dodgers have won the World Series? Take a guess, because you probably don't have any idea. I'll totally give fine. it a just a ballpark. I'll say the early 1900s. Oh, it's been it's been it's been. Oh, later. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Ni- 1986 with uh, Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson. Yeah, 1988. You were close. 1988. So. I, you know, as a Red Sox fan, that's kind of um, I or not ironic. That's kind of. Um, Messed up for me to say, being that we went to God decades without winning a World Series, and I understand that. Um, but there's so much hype around the Dodgers; they haven't won a World Series since 1988, right? The so many teams have won the World Series since then. Obviously, the Yankees have won quite a bit. Red Sox recently have won quite a bit. Uh, Giants have won quite a bit. Angels, White Sox, Marlins have won twice. The freaking Royals have won a World Series. The Twins have won a World Series before the last time the Dodgers won a World Series, right? So yeah. everybody talks like about the Dodgers like there's some kind of dynasty. I get that they've been to the World Series a lot recently, and there's something to be said for that. That's I, I held the same argument with LeBron James, who's been to the finals a lot. Granted, he loses. I think it is impressive getting to the finals, right? But when you are hyped as much as the Dodgers are every single freaking year, they haven't done any they haven't won a World Series since nineteen eighty eight. Looks like they're gonna win it this year, so they'll go uh, to God, what is that, thirty well, I'm ninety four, twenty is it the thirty four years? No, yeah, 30, 33, 32, 34 years, something like that. I'm not bad at mental, I'm not good at mental math. So I just don't get it from that perspective. Everyone's like, God, LA, the Dodgers. I get that they're a historic franchise, even though a lot of their time was spent in Brooklyn for the first half of the entirety of baseball. Um, they moved to LA. Shout LA's shout a out Jackie Robinson. Yeah, LA's a major market, and I get it. LA's a massive city, and a lot of cool things happen in LA. But I think LA, just like Florida, is kind of an overrated place to live. I've seen multiple videos on YouTube where people are just literally making YouTube videos explaining how bad the government is in LA 
how bad the mayor is, how just it's horribly governed, it's so expensive to live, and it's just not worth it. So that's my first gripe. My second gripe, 100%, revolves around what happened with Mookie Betts. Let me explain from a Red Sox perspective. And I saw an article on ESPN that really pissed me off saying, why would the Red Sox ever get rid of Mookie Betts? And fans that don't know much about or don't follow really closely to baseball are probably asking the same question. He's the second best player in baseball behind Mike Trout. Literally, he is. No doubt about that. The the Red Sox didn't, they didn't have a choice. The people are acting like this is a Red Sox problem. Heim Bloom, who's the new general manager, is a legitimate genius. He's the one, he's the reason the Rays have been relevant for so many years. The reason the Rays are in the World Series is because of the stuff that Heim Bloom did in Tampa Bay, right? He's literally a genius. Yeah. Went to Yale, everything. Mookie Betts was not coming back to, to Boston. So what do we do? We keep him for a year when there's 60 games in a season that doesn't even really mean anything, and we keep him. Maybe we make the playoffs, but with the lack of pitching, we probably still don't make the playoffs. One of the worst teams in baseball. Mookie Betts is worth 10 wins in a regular game season, regular 162-game season. Maybe he's worth four in a 60-game season. So we win four more games. That's still not even close to making the playoffs. And then he just enters free agency and goes to another team. We got to get something for him. That's like if Alex Ovechkin wasn't going to return. Like, let's say he was 27, 28 in his prime, right, T? This is the yeah. last season of him, of him and us contract, and he... Nobody thinks he's coming back to Washington. Washington should trade him 100% because you're going to get something in return for him. If you let somebody walk away in free agency and don't get anything for him, now not only did you lose the second best player in baseball, but you have nothing to show for it. At least we got Alex Verdugo, who was the best player on the Red Sox this year. We've got some good young players that can come up and be um, competitive. Did I want to get rid of Mookie Betts? No. Here's the major problem I have with this, though. Mookie Betts. You know, great guy, genuine human being. But here's the problem I have with this. And T, I don't even think you know this. So let me let me break this down. The Red Sox had tried to re-sign Mookie Betts for two or three years. They, they knew he was going to be great. Since 2015 or 16, he finished second in MVP in 2016. They've tried to re-sign him. And Boston has a ton of money. We know that. Boston can spend money just like LA can. And they said, we'll sign you long term. And Mookie Betts consistently said, no, I want to do what's best for my family, and I'm going to go to free agency because that's where I can get the most money. And guess what? I have no problem with that. No problem with that. Because that is what's best for your family if you want money. And that I don't have a problem with that. He's really talented. Get that $400 million. I don't give a damn, right? Enter free agency. Let the Red Sox win you over, right? No hometown, no home team discount. The Red Sox can write a check to match anybody for the second best player in baseball. Right, so he said, "I'm going to go to free yeah. agency." We've heard rumors about about him not wanting to or about him not going to Boston. So Boston trades him because if they let him go for free agency for nothing, that is a horrible owner mistake and GM mistake, president of baseball operations mistake. Not surprised they traded him; it did suck. But I told myself when they made that trade, he said for years he wants to enter free agency because that's the best thing for his family. So he's going to play the season with the Dodgers. Sure, they might win a World Series. Great. But he's going to go into free agency because that's what he said he wanted to do for three straight years. And the Red Sox have a chance. Maybe not a high one, but at least the Red Sox can say, we're going to write you a check and we'll, we'll, we'll beat anybody by whatever amount. Doesn't matter. Now Mookie has to make a decision, right? If you do his best for your family and you take the money, you're probably going back to the Red Sox. The Red Sox are going to match any check. They'll give him $38 million a year. doesn't matter. The Red Sox have money. This isn't a Royals or an Orioles or a Rays or Twins situation where they just can't spend that kind of money. But what does Mookie Betts do when he, right when he gets to L.A.? He signs an extension. Literally within, I don't know, not a few weeks of him being in L.A., he signs a freaking 10-year, few hundred million dollar deal. 
which is a slap in the face to the Red Sox fan base and organization. For years, he said he wants to do what's best for his family and enter free agency because that's where he's going to get the most money, and that's where he's going to get the best deal for his family. No problem with that. You go to L.A., we trade you. You go to L.A., three weeks later, you sign an extension when the Red Sox have tried to sign you for three years. That clearly means he had no, he wanted no part of Boston. He didn't want to live there, didn't want to play, and that's fine. But Mookie, my man, just if you wanted to go play for the Dodgers, I don't, I don't hate on you for that, right? I don't hate on you for that. Just go into free agency. Just go get traded to the Dodgers and say, hey, I plan on signing an extension, but I am going to go into free agency because that's what I've told everybody that I'm going to do. Enter free agency, let the Do- and then re-sign with the Dodgers. At least that looks better. He signs an extension three weeks later for an amount that I'm sure the Red Sox would have matched or gone a little bit higher just to get the second best player in baseball. And he signs an extension. And so now it's just like, oh, okay. So he basically he lied to the fan base. Granted, I, I get it wasn't like a... What was he supposed to say, Eric? And I get that. It was just a slap in the face. So that's kind of why I root against the Dodgers. It's not necessarily a, a Dodgers problem. Why would you not want the second best player in baseball? But that's what that's what gets me. And I know I just went on a huge rant, but I needed to get that out. Because I'm tired of seeing articles about why did the Red Sox trade away a franchise player? Clearly, he wasn't coming to Boston anyway because he signed a long-term deal in Los Angeles after living there, not even buying a house there. He'd been there three weeks, probably didn't even have a house yet, and he signed an extension. So then the articles this year would be, oh, Mookie Betts signing with L.A. Did the Red Sox wait too late to trade him and leave with nothing? And it's just like you can't win. And that's just what pisses me off because people are like, why would the Red Sox ever trade the second-best player in baseball? In a 60-game season, I mean, like it's one thing if we had a regular season and we thought we had a chance to win a World Series. So we keep him, try to win a World Series that year, and then if we don't, we lose him. We tried to win a World Series. We knew we weren't going to win a World Series this year, especially when we traded away Mookie Betts. Chris Sale had Tommy John surgery. Eduardo Rodriguez, our second-best pitcher, had developed a heart issue, ailment um, that some people uh, develop after um, getting COVID. No chance. So I needed to get that out. That's the problem I have with the Dodgers. I think LA is overrated. I think they haven't won a World Series since 1988. For a lot of those years between 1988 and today, they were below average, very mediocre, sometimes really bad baseball team. They've been relevant as of late for sure. No doubt about that. They've been to a lot of World Series. You can argue the Astros shouldn't have beat them because they cheated. Um, The Red Sox cheating scandal only... Went into the regular season, didn't develop into the postseason, but still. That's what I got to say about that. That's why I would love for the Rays to come back and win a championship. Because it would give me something to laugh about. Um, but that, but that's that. I think the Dodgers are going to win. I think they're. I think it's going to go Game 7. Tony Goslin starting tonight for the Dodgers. And he's not been great in the playoffs. He's given the Dodgers some good innings. But it's only a matter of time before he gives up some runs. And the, and the Rays are just going to be playing for their life. So I do think it's going to go to a 7th game tonight. But honestly, it could be over tonight, and I wouldn't care. I just want the offseason to be here. Uh, I want to see some trades. I want to see the Red Sox uh, hire a new manager, preferably get Alex Cora back in the seat because he didn't do anything wrong with the Red Sox. He, what he got suspended for was with the Astros, not with the Red Sox. Resign him, push the reset button, maybe grab a few lower-tier free agents that can make an impact because that's what Bloom is really good at, finding diamonds in the rough, signing guys that... Um, you know, aren't going to get paid a ton, but are going to be able to contribute. So I'm excited for that. But uh, the baseball season is going to be coming to a close here soon. Uh, just excited for the off season um, and and to get things rolling there. I guess to end that whole entire uh, I don't know prediction of the World Series. Who is your MVP candidate? Yeah, I I think. Um. Mookie, Mookie Betts, good player. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Corey Seager. 
Um, Walker Buehler has, has played well. I just think it's hard to justify MVP to a pitcher because they only pitch, you know, Walker Buehler. If it goes seven games, Walker Buehler would have pitched, I think, three games. But in a seven-game series, I think it's always pretty much going to be a position player because they impact every game, you know. every All seven games, they're in there. I think it's going to be Corey Seager. He has eight home runs in the postseason, which is um, tied for second most in history. Uh, you know, I think it's, if he can have a good final game to to win it for the Dodgers, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, um, I think Corey Seager is going to get it. And all the power to him. Have nothing against Corey Seager. I have nothing against a lot of the players on the Dodgers, really. They have a good team, no doubt. And they spend money, but that's okay. I can't say anything about that because when the Red Sox won in 2018, we had a $230 million payroll. So I can't say anything about spending money. Um, I can't say anything about spending money. But um, so... So that's that. Um, just I, like I said, I'm looking forward to it being over. I was hoping for a Braves Rays World Series because then it would have been more fun for me to watch. It would have been more of an even matchup. The Rays have somehow made this a series. Um, they just don't have offensive firepower, and really good pitching can get you far. Clearly, because the Rays are in the World Series, but it can only get you so far. And when you're facing the Dodgers, which are just an absolute juggernaut, uh, it's it's just really hard to do. But shout out to the Rays for at least winning two games. Maybe they'll get three and force a game seven. That'd be impressive, but. So I guess to top off that whole baseball little baseball segment that we just did, I got a couple stories. Um, there are two relief pitchers on the Tampa Bay Rays. Their names are Nick Anderson and John Curtis. They're both bullpen guys. They come out of the bullpen usually around 6th, 7th, 8th, not ninth inning. They got their closer. I don't know who the closer is, but around those innings, uh, Nick Anderson, he's about 6'4", bald, so it's pretty easy to pick him out. And... Uh, I had both these guys when I was working in baseball back in 2018 in Rochester playing AAA baseball, and uh, Nick Anderson. He was he was a good guy. I liked the guy. He was he was really cool. Every day he said hi to me. He's like, hey, what's going on, Ty? I still I still remember. Uh, he wasn't pitching. He wasn't really scheduled to pitch, so he wasn't in the bullpen at the time. Actually, I th- I'm pretty sure he was a middle reliever. I think. A couple times he actually started when he was in Rochester. And there was a game where he was not scheduled to pitch at all. Like he wasn't going to get called in to pitch or nothing. So he was in the dugout. Every once in a while I'd go in the dugout and just hang out with the guys, watch the game from the dugout, and just basically act like a wannabe player. And like people would be like, oh man, that's a player. And like all that other stuff. And he comes up to me, he's like, He's like, hey, Ty, did you play baseball? I'm like, yeah, I guess I played baseball. Like, I played baseball to my senior year of high school. I played a little bit of foul ball in college, but that was about it. But I actually played hockey, and he looked at me. He's like, are you serious right now? And, and like, I'm like, yeah, why? And he's like, dude, I would never picture you playing hockey. Are you serious? And I was like, yeah, like, why, why are you, like, so surprised? He's like, I don't know, dude, like, you're big and brown. I don't know what to tell you, but like, once again, I couldn't tell if he if you actually did play hockey or not. I'm like, yeah, I've been playing hockey. I've been playing hockey since I was four. He's like, man, are you good? I was like, yeah, I guess I'm not bad. And uh, so like, he just started asking me a whole bunch of hockey stuff, and like, we just had like a full blown 45 minute conversation of. Uh, of hockey just talking about hockey because he knew nothing about hockey and i was 
blowing his mind on playing on the game of hockey. So that that was my little story with Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson, once again, great guy. And then John Curtis. This guy is a guy coming out of left field, no pun intended, coming from the bullpen out in left field. But like if you see him now, if he pitches tonight, if he gets the opportunity of pitching tonight, like I like I said, usually around the sixth, seventh, maybe eighth inning. This guy used to have hair going down to his shoulders. Like he used to have really long hair. And when he was pitching for us in Rochester when he was playing AAA and back in 2018, one one game towards the end of the season, we did not have a person to do the national anthem. So he volunteered of playing his guitar and singing the national anthem. As soon as we got word that he was going to be doing that, I went into the back of the clubhouse and I just listened, but I tried to stay quiet as possible. And the first words, you're like, all right, everybody, please stand for the playing of our national anthem. Oh, you just hear a voice crack and I just started dying laughing. It was just like, oh, say, can you see? It, it was in the greatest, it, it was probably one of the worst uh, national anthem performances I have ever heard. Grant, I give him all the respect just because he just stood out there in front of 12,000 people and sung the national anthem. I'll give him <laughs> credit hilarious. to that. I'll give him credit to that. But like, oh, my gosh, because he, he would play the he would bring his guitar on the road. Like whenever they would go on like a, I don't know like a ten game road road span, like he would bring his guitar. He would play the guitar. He's not a bad guitar player, but like he didn't have the voice to go with his guitar skills. So, so that's that. That's my little story of uh, John Curtis. So if they both pitch tonight, uh, in any of our listeners that are listening to this episode, and you see that. And you listen to this and be like, oh man, that's actually pretty funny. And just like looking at him. But yeah. Well, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's it. That's all T. I got. Yeah, that's really all we got. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of season two. Uh, we've got some cool stuff planned, some more interviews and some stuff like that. If you have topics you want to throw away for us to talk about, feel free to shoot us an email. Our email is in the description. You can message us on Instagram as well. But that's episode one of uh, season two we hope you enjoyed this episode as always we hope you enjoy every episode um and yeah that's about it t it's a good first start it's good to be back in the saddle again yeah. with some podcast so yeah it's up. nice it's getting cold it's getting it's getting fallish soon enough up here in new york it's gonna be snowing and it's gonna be the frozen tundra yeah. but hopefully hopefully like we said in in the middle of the podcast might be making a special edition of the ENT podcast down in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Atlanta, Georgia, in the headquarters. Oh yeah, for a special edition. But be- like what E said, thank you, f- thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Um, like you said, li- link is in the description below. Follow us on Instagram at the ET Podcast. Email us at the etpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your input. Give us your review. Give us some insight of how you guys feel about our podcast, whether 
if we're doing something right or wrong or whatever. And once again, please go vote. Uh, election is coming up very soon. Please go vote. Um, especially for E and us, this is kind of like a important time in her life. I'm not a big uh, politician person. I think E is not a big politician person, but like it's still very important to go vote. So to all of our listeners that are listening to the podcast, go vote, do your part. It's very important, even though this hard time is going on with the coronavirus, but even mail in your vote. Do that. Either way, take part because I'm not saying our future depends on it, but it will help with what our future has to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. So go vote next time. Uh, next time we upload, uh, the election will be over. Um, and so this one will come out, you know, Sunday. So listeners out there, the World Series will be over at this point. Um, but. Um, you know, every Sunday we'll post 10 p.m. for a good uh, Monday morning. We'll be talking to you guys soon. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks. Peace. And that was another episode of the ENT Podcast. Ian and I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode, so please leave a like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even Anchor. Also, check out Jake's NY headquarters to get that great quality haircut. Ian and I hope you have an amazing Monday, an amazing week, and we hope that you listen to our next episode next Monday. Thank you, and stay safe. Peace.